Okay, cool. Is that water? No. Wait, is this for me? Yes. Oh, it is? Yes, it's in there. Double fisted. <laughs> I did not know that till right now. <laughs> I thought this was yours. No, Ooh, it's this cold. Is cheers. Oh, I didn't see it. Woo, no. cheers. Cheers. <laughs> close enough to the computer oh no are you wearing contacts yes oh wait i'm farsighted though that doesn't make i mean that still would be an issue then you can see well far away but not close up no i just then you're i'm nearsighted (laughs) yeah i'm like that's wrong yep yeah it's starting off strong it's more common to be farsighted when you're old yes like everybody needs reading Reading glasses. glasses yeah yes well, welcome to episode number two. Two? How are we already here? They're letting us do this again? <laughs> I don't know if they're letting us so much as we are giving them the privilege to hear our voices again, yeah, right? True that. Who is they anyway? Who is they? Show yourself. All the people. All our people. You know who you are. All the um, lovely people. Yeah. So what did you think about the first, our first one? Well, if I'm going to be critical, <laughs> which we never <laughs> as are, I am, if I'm going to be critical, I would say we nailed it. N- nailed it. Love it. Sheer perfection. <laughs> it was great. No, it was really, it was obviously fun. Obviously had fun. Um, but it's interesting how you turn on a microphone and you start editing yourself yes don't you agree I definitely agree yeah it was very interesting to listen back and realize I think I'm being like so um I don't know the right word you'll learn this about me I need to process out loud but it's like when I say like cutting edge or like I'm being super open and like you know edgy I I feel like I'm edgy and yet I was (laughs) the furthest thing from edgy last podcast yeah first pod first, first and last. podcast you know oh that's I'm, interesting it was first last. and the last yes and also i referred to it as if it was like oh we've done this a million times it was the last podcast one day we will have yes that's true <laughs> but yeah, yeah no i i get what you're saying like you think that you're being like your truest most authentic self and then you play it back for yourself and we're not Leonardo DiCaprioing this. And what I mean by that is he's I believe he's one of those people who says, like, I don't watch my films. Oh, you okay. know, I don't. Sure. I, you sure. know, it's one and done. Like we're watching our films, y'all. Yeah. And by yeah. that, I mean, we're listening to this back. Probably not every time, but obviously you got to listen to the first time. Yes. And you, yeah, you feel like you're being your most authentic self. And I think overall we were, but we're always editing in life I mean we edit at work we edit at home in different ways yeah but, and um, we have the filter which is part of a huge reason a huge reason why we've done this podcast yeah is that we have a very special filter it's like yeah. on Instagram there's like the one where you grew up in church and you select that and that's what comes out of your mouth yeah even when I think it's gone oh oh that's so interesting you said that oh my gosh I have I so have something about that Okay, so you know how like people share from Instagram to Facebook would be the same picture. Yeah. So there's a couple things that go with this. Like if I comment on Facebook, I'm like, oh, do I also have to comment on Instagram? Mm. Do the per- does the person feel like I'm not as whatever? Like which one do they care about more? I got to do it on both. So I've 
come to a situation in my life where I put my most true thought and comment on Instagram. Okay. And not on Facebook because my family can see it on Facebook. Yep. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I 100% know but what you're saying. But on Instagram, I'm like, you know, whatever. I'd say what, what I would what say What are you saying person. on Instagram? See, I just edited me? myself. Yes, you did. I see this, but our, our listeners cannot see it. Yeah, no. like what? on. Give me an example. Like on Instagram, like you post like a great picture and I'm like, damn, girl. <laughs> and like, that's so risque. Yeah, it's so <laughs> yeah, risque. Yeah. But on Facebook, I'm like, you look pretty. Yeah. <laughs> you look so wholesome. <laughs> That's totally, that's yeah. a very good point. Yeah. Also, I don't think you, I mean, personally, I don't think twice about whether someone commented on Instagram or Facebook. Not what it's about, but yeah. it's, no, I that's totally good to hear know, you. Though, but you know yeah. what I mean when it's on both and yeah. you're like, and you know what it is? This is for other people too. It's not even that I care about the person um, whose thing I'm commenting on, which why would you? <laughs> um, but it's about everyone else. So like if True. everyone else commented on Instagram, but I didn't, even though I commented on Facebook, I'm like, if I don't comment on this, they're going to be like, I don't care. Are we not friends anymore, Tiffany? Yeah. You did not comment on my Am I the only one who thinks this way? No, I, I feel like I, I definitely have thought it at times. I feel like I think about it less and less since like, I think initially when the, whenever they merged or whatever that happened, I thought about it more, but now it's like, I think now it's more, I have the people who I know we'll comment on Facebook because they're like the Facebook people, yeah. the family, and then there's <laughs> like, like one Instagram people, and it's like, <laughs> I, yeah. That's so funny. Sort of, I look at it as two different sides. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better, but that is funny because there are like Facebook friends and Instagram friends, even though they're on both, you know which way they lean. A hundred percent. There are no, mo- I, you know what? I take it back. I am a moderate. A moderate. I'm a moderate. Okay. <laughs> I feel like to I'm be honest, we're probably closer to that yeah then use a little bit of both yeah Yeah. anyway I just took us down a hard no it's all good it's all good (laughs) um I guess kind of what I wanted to comment you know going into episode number two as we're like trying to sort of establish what our routine is for this podcast what we're going to be bringing to you is we will have a sort of topic that we're going to hit each episode but what I wanted to also bring uh, to your attention as listeners and just to be able to give us a little bit more time to explain is like why we want to do this podcast. So, you know, obviously this came out of in last podcast we talked about like how we met and so that was sort of like a tangent of just our mm-hmm. sort of stream of consciousness. But why for you, Tiffany, like why why did you want to do this podcast? Well, for starters, I love talking to you. <laughs> I do. Same. And this is something that like we have easily done for years in real life is I feel, you know, and I think a lot of people with their best friends can probably relate to this. You feel like you have the most interesting conversations (laughs) in the world and you feel like they're entertaining and we're clearly entertained. But I think that we together do have like, we individually have unique perspectives on the world. Um because we are really different, but we have so many similarities with the way we were raised, who we are as people now. Um, a lot of our adult life was very similar until it wasn't. And um, I think that it's interesting to come of age in a certain way, at least for myself, a lot later than I should have. Totally. You know what I mean? It's like yes. everybody talks about a coming of age story and you think of that being like a teenager, like a young, young adult. And I feel like I was like in my mid to late 20s when I came of age in a lot of ways and really 
had my own perspective on the world. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit last time, but being raised really religiously and then coming out of that, being raised so evangelical and now not identifying with that pretty much at all. Yeah affects how I see everything like the fun stuff the not fun stuff the dark stuff the light stuff like everything so I think that um for me at least it's wanting to have those conversations and let other people know who might be in a similar position totally um that it's that whole age-old thing you're not alone but also for people who may have people in their lives friends in their lives who are really really religious or were raised really religiously and trying to understand them and like where they're coming from because I feel like I'm very much on the other side of that now but I get those people yeah you know yeah and I feel like I get it's like playing both sides of the field totally (laughs) I I feel like it wasn't until I don't know and maybe this is totally predictable for someone but I feel like it wasn't until moving to LA Mm -hmm. and being in a big city and kind of being I mean, I hate to use the word like exposed, but it's like, yeah, well, that is but what it kind is. of. Yeah. yeah. And then realizing like even today, like I've been not to get into a, a, a huge tangent of like how we got to where we are spiritually, but like it's taken a long time to mm-hmm. get to where I'm at where like church isn't a part of my life really anymore. And like most of that isn't really a active part of my life, but that doesn't also mean that I'm like sitting here as an atheist. It's sort of a lot of like, oh, I don't know. Like, totally. what the hell? That's literally what our podcast is called. <laughs> um, don't know, don't have the answers, trying to figure it out, not gonna tell you whether the answers, but it's like I still sit just this week at work, something will come up and you're just like something that seems totally normal to me is a reaction or like, oh yeah, growing up we did XYZ and then you realize like literally nobody around me has ever had that experience or even if they grew up christian it's like in a totally different denomination or it was catholic or you know and it's like they are not all the same and it was all very different experiences yeah it's yeah it's just it's been an interesting thing to process being in a bigger city and i think like coming back to sort of why we wanted to do this podcast is like our conversations as friends and like our extended sort of friend family is we find ourselves sitting around like having these debates and wanting to be able to just there doesn't have to be an answer but this podcast is just going to be about being okay with not having the answers and also like wanting to start the conversation being able to have those questions present questions where you know what we may present it and at the end of the podcast you're looking for like oh okay that's the answer and like this is probably not the podcast for you. Yeah. But um, go somewhere else. <laughs> would love to have the conversation with people who are also just really confused or searching or don't really care anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Which the, I think that's a huge thing is like finding your place, yourself in a place of apathy. Yes. Which I feel that I'm in quite often lately. And um, something you said just made me think like, you know, we ask ourselves all the time, it's like the biggest question in life is like, what are we doing here? Like, mm-hmm. is there a God? But no, the biggest question in life, literally, it's what the hell? Yeah. Like with what? all, like even with that, like, yeah, like <laughs> even, even if I believe everything I grew up with, I'd still be like, what the hell? Like, what is this yes, world? Even when I did believe everything 
I was taught growing up, like deep in the recesses of my brain, I was going, what the hell? Yeah. Except when I was a kid, it was just way tamer. Just wanting to make sure you didn't go to hell. That was all that mattered in life. Yeah. Was making sure you said your prayer before bed to not go to hell. And now I have my uh, (laughs) eight-year-old daughter singing Billie Eilish, all the good girls go to hell. So uh, there's also that. I was hanging out with her and Beckett one night when y'all were out and she's like, do you listen to Billie Eilish? And I was like, well... Yeah, I like her, but you probably know a lot more of her songs than I do. And she's like, do you know this one? Do you know this one? Do you know All Good Girls Go to Hell? And I was like, (gasps) (laughs) Nadia, (laughs) Nadia, what? You're eight. And do you even know what that means? you're like, how? (laughs) No, it's it's true. But even things like that where I'm like, there's no reason she should feel any which way about that. I know, but I still struggle with it. But yeah, my parents knew if they now they're going to know now. Now they know. Maybe. Maybe. Did you did you hide this on your Facebook? You know, from- that is a good question. Um, I realize that we, we, we haven't quite gotten to the main topic that we're going to get to for this um, episode. But I think what Tiffany just asked, it's a very good question. And what she's referring to is when we decide to share this podcast with the world, which if you're listening to it, it we did shared. that. <laughs> um I really personally am struggling with wanting to like I'm all about like let's put it out there and I'm like super excited about this can't wait to do all the things talk about all the things but also to be very very um I mean honest what's I'm looking candid candid that's a better word she's my human dictionary (laughs) over here um I'm scared like I'm I'm scared of being I'm the oldest child and I'm like kind of the one that's always like oh yeah I got the good grades and did the thing and like I don't want to disappoint my parents and extended family there's like extended family that I think will be like oh this makes total sense you're freaking out about absolutely nothing and then there's this other family that I feel like they suspect everything that we're going to talk about and I don't know I just want to be able to put it out there and I'm going to be super proud of it I I'm I'm hoping I we are I am already super proud of what we're doing but I part of me wants to hide it and I hate that yeah. because it's like that's exactly the point of why we're doing what we're doing yeah it's to stop hiding Brittany <laughs> to stop it what the hell's up with you hiding I'm just kidding because I can relate and let me tell you why the reason why is because you're describing being the oldest and like having this responsibility almost as like a leader like oldest child yeah is second mom, you know, or second dad, whatever. That's how it goes. But I'm the youngest of four, so nobody under me. But I have, like, the – um, I feel like the caboose kind of responsibility where it's like, this is your last chance to get it how you wanted it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't have, like, that leader thing, but I have that – I feel a responsibility to my parents to be like – and not just my parents, my siblings, myself, the world, no one, I don't know, but this feeling of – you know, whatever your hopes and dreams were, you know, you got four chances to do it and, you know, through your kids and I'm number four. So I'm the last chance. Yeah. And I don't even know what that even pertains to, but you know what I'm saying? It's just that um, feeling of um, pressure that you put on yourself wherever you come in your. Do you, are you concerned going into this about anybody in your family listening to it? Um, I think in a certain way, I would probably be most concerned about my siblings, I think, um, in a certain way. I mean, we're pretty close, but I 
want to always just speak for myself, I think, and not speak for them, even though we might have similar experiences. Yeah. Um, and they also have kids and their kids aren't so little. Any, some of them are so little, but some like a couple of my nieces are preteens. Oh, true. Yeah. You know, so um, with whatever they're teaching in their households, which they're amazing, they're all amazing parents, but I feel like a responsibility for that too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like are you going to be the aunt that's going to like show them the dark side before they were ready to see the dark side? Exactly. Or the light. <laughs> right. Know? Depending on how you look at it. Exact. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I know we always joke about that where it's like, oh, are we going to bring people to the dark side? And it's like, eh. I mean, that's just because that's how I was raised that I right. see it that way that, oh, I'm like, what is it? I, I, um, backslid. Backslidden. Yeah. Backslid. <laughs> yeah. I'm like it's terrible and I think the other part it's like I have this weird guilt where there's the sort of fear of sharing some of it but then on the other side I go look we were we grew up very religiously mm-hmm. and there's a lot of crazy stuff that we get into speaking in tongues slain in the spirit we'll oh, go down coming. all that all that it's stuff that's coming, coming. <laughs> but like honestly being avid um podcast listeners and documentary watchers mm. there's some crazy shit out there, there is. gonna i'm gonna lay it down there and we'll see if it stays in the episode the first bomb has been <laughs> dropped there's some crazy stuff out there that's like cult stuff that i i feel then i feel bad where i'm like oh it wasn't that bad right but but we, then to other count. people it's like it's crazy so yeah. you know it's still stuff that you know i've been married we just celebrated 13 years Woo! a few days ago or yesterday that's crazy cut that woo yeah that was loud (laughs) (laughs) and it's like i have had to explain to so many people at our office like they're like wait how long and i'm like i was a child bride yeah exactly (laughs) and i know we talked about this last episode but it's it's like that gets into the whole thing about why that seemed fine and whatever that's a whole other thing but it's just it's interesting so that's a very long-winded way of ex- of kind of I just wanted to us to touch on yeah like why we're doing what we want to do and it's like wanting to empower people to feel okay with asking questions I think I walked away from our childhood feeling like I always had all these questions in my head and I felt like they weren't okay to ask oh yeah they well they weren't I mean the way I was raised they weren't like to even ask the question would have been sinful in certain ways yeah you know um but I think they don't think that's how it was because I've I've had these conversations in my like also just FYI for people on the side here listening these are this is not like our families never heard us at least for mine like never heard us talk about where we're at like I've had these conversations it's just perspective I mean perspective is perspective and like we have our viewpoint and you know I'm sure as a parent when I'm gonna look back and my kids are gonna need therapy for something that I did whatever I like from my perspective it's like (laughs) I thought I did this and I know that's how my parents they thought they were doing the best thing and I believe that so this is not a like you know hatred on that it's just at the end of the day though you still have to kind of look at it and see it for what it is once you kind of step away from it so yeah 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 asking questions was not um it was frowned upon yeah on some level on some level 
I think also too, as a child, I grew up in a kind of fear-based religious culture. So whether or not it was frowned upon um, to ask certain questions, I think I was also fearful of the answers on some yeah, of them. Interesting. So I, whether or not they might have welcomed the question, I wasn't going to ask because I was afraid of what the answer would like, be. What do you feel like you would have? been afraid of that like it would all crumble or something yeah like well I mean children thrive on structure and um you know kids are quizzical but they also at least I wanted I wanted answers and I guess that follows us throughout all of our lives but I like being taught about heaven and hell I needed that to be true yeah because if it wasn't then like you know everything I felt on the inside like had no meaning almost you know what I mean I don't know if I'm being so no it um, makes sense what's the word I don't even know the word I'm thinking of now just like not focused but yeah it was just very fear-based so I I wouldn't ask a lot of questions you know yeah, and I'm thinking of specific things, but those are definitely for another podcast, yeah. which is annoying, an annoying no, thing probably for me to keep saying. But, no, we're, um, we're figuring it out, though. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's hard to try to, you know, in our first podcast, we kind of talked about the spiritual stuff, but like didn't really give a clear idea of kind of like how we got to where we are. Yeah. I don't know if we could kind of go through before we get into our main topic, which I haven't even said, but it's going to be, what the hell do you do when you don't live near family? So stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned. But um, I guess just kind of explaining maybe like you, you said like church and all of that is not a part of your life necessarily right now. Like what, what do you mean by that? And like, what does that look like? Or like, how do you get there? And I know it's a big question, but maybe like, yeah, how recent maybe explaining like kind of yeah where you're at well the last time I went to a church service was actually I was gonna say a different time but it was actually February of 2018 so bizarre I went to a Hillsong service oh, yeah. in downtown LA with Josh um and before that the last time I went was like September of 2016 yeah um, and before that, I was going regularly. Like, yeah. I mean, and by regularly, I mean like once to twice a month. Yeah. Um, pretty much always. But I felt, I think for one, it was like a long time coming. I went from growing up in extremely Southern Pentecostal churches to um, in college ending up at a really, really wonderful church in Gainesville with still an incredible pastor. He's still the pastor there an incredible just man and Mm -hmm. family like awesome awesome people where if I was still almost just said if I was still a Christian um which is a weird thing I don't know if I've ever said that that might be a an entire (laughs) I think that might be a whole thing but if I was still what people can think of when they think of like evangelical Christian yeah I would still like ascribe, subscribe, whatever the word would be to um, the type of Christianity that that church was um, in Gainesville, Florida. And then coming out to L.A. So, you know, what we went to, it was like bordering on a mega church, right? The yeah, church I would definitely define it as... I would define it as a mega as a church. mega church. Yeah. yeah, I mean, thousands of people go there. It's you know typically like a smaller venue from what you think of. Like it's not a stadium size, but yeah. they have multiple services with thousands of people. And you know, in that type of mega church environment, they tend to do awesome things. They, you know, help 
people, which is, I think, one of the most important things the church should ever be doing. But they also were so quiet and safe with their belief system, especially with like things like the LGBTQ community, um, just like literal belief in, you know, biblical ideas and stories. And I grew up in a literal world like, you know, Jonah and the whale like it was mm-hmm. an f- actual fish and the no you know Noah and the ark and all this stuff is like real like that's how it happened is how I was taught and I think churches like that um c- can still be really literal and also don't use their brains with their hearts so much mm-hmm. and just the older I got and literally like the more fully formed my actual brain got because guys it doesn't finish forming until you're mid to late 20s that's a thing who knew why aren't we teaching our kids that by the way I mean I feel like that logic makes so much more people are like wait till you're in your mid 20s to get married or to do anything well to do anything yeah it's like it makes way more sense when science exactly dates that it's just science so i think literally my brain got to a place where it was like we're cool we're like we're pretty we're getting close to done here and um i was like this all these things that never settled right with my spirit which is a very christian thing to say um really didn't yeah and also if let's go back real quick this is a much bigger topic too but in my old Christian self way, I felt very betrayed by the God that I was taught to believe in. Mm. And in what way? Well, I prayed for the last time in February of 2016. And, you know, I was just taught that like God cares, God intervenes. Like, nah, nope. Like sure doesn't. Like, yeah. like all these miracles and things. I'm just like coincidence and luck and like, no, yeah. I just, I am definitely jaded in certain ways, sure. but also I don't know if jaded is the right word because like we talked about earlier, the lighter is it the dark. I'm not, I don't know that I'm jaded. I'm, um, enlightened, enlightened. Exactly. Yeah. So that, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> nice little bow on that. What yeah. about you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like very similar. I mean, if I look back on like, even since being married at such a young age, like I remember questioning things like looking back I could tell it's question it was questioning all the way back then but at the time I think I was convinced it was more like oh I'm in college and I'm starting to question things that things I just like had never heard about growing up just like other like messiahs that existed or it's different different things from I mean I just you name it Girl, I hadn't heard of it I learned about that from you and Curtis I know and it's just like this stuff where I'm like <laughs> like eight years ago <laughs> yeah and, and so I think it was like all the way back there, I was very much set in my ways and I'm, I'm a very stubborn person in general with certain things, well, with a lot of things, but like Curtis was already moving that direction even before we moved to LA, but like very slightly, you could tell it's like such a hold on us. It was that time working at the natural food store. It was, it was definitely, it all started <laughs> there with those whole foods and then we moved to LA and became hippies. I mean, that's basically what happened. <laughs> Um, no, but I don't know. It, it's, it's funny cause I was telling a friend of mine who has also been on a similar journey to us about like how we still have family members who are nowhere, nowhere where we are. And it's, we have this, the same sense that we grew up feeling of like, oh, we got to save everybody. You get this feeling of like, don't you want to just like, you just want to bring them over to the other side and be like, listen, have you seen yeah. this other side? But then it's, it's the same thing where it's just, Nobody could have ever convinced me 
that I would get to the place that I am now where like I haven't thought about going to church seriously in like three over three years yeah and if you would ask me that four years ago I would have been like this will always be a part of my life because I because of ritual because of that is the part I do miss though and I do and there's parts of that I still think I do miss a little bit too Mm -hmm. but it's taken a while to get here and it's been just like not even a conscious thing it's like been little things have not set right with me right and I think with a lot of our friends where it's like everything from you know homosexuality or just like I mean all kinds of topics we can get into that is like one thing doesn't feel right and then one thing doesn't feel right and then all of a sudden you go like why there's there's too much negative in this for me to buy into it anymore or negative for sure but also like does any of this make sense to the extent that we're gonna subscribe once again is a subscribe or subscribe ascribe ascribe I was gonna say subscribe but like I feel like there's payment involved for that (laughs) I think it's ascribe Uh, it's called the tithe (laughs) (laughs) you're exactly right you know what they were you know churches were ahead on the subscriptions before oh my gosh that's the original patreon it is it's tithing Hilarious. Oh my gosh. Die. Okay, on that note, I don't know where I was going with that, except that really made me laugh. I really don't know what I was talking about, and that's fine. I don't need to know. Oh. Uh wow. Yeah. I think, you know, I think that as we talk about this more in the future, we're gonna figure out what your turning point was. Cause I know mine. Oh, you do? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I have a pinpoint at Well, turning- not like, I mean, I have a turning point for when I was like God, if there is a God, is not intervening in my life. Do you want to share any of that now? No, or? I just feel like it's such a big topic. I mean, it was during my divorce. Okay, but, but I mean, just like, big... I, I feel like even just saying that, that yeah. like for you, that was, but that makes sense. It was a very significant thing yeah. happening. I was already like not super like believing everything anyway. Yeah, but, it, but if you were point, going, yeah. By that point, I definitely was not on board anymore with the whole like, you have to accept Jesus Christ into your heart. <laughs> your yes. lord and savior for life yeah <laughs> and yep. just like pray it every night i was already there like yeah. before everything with my divorce for sure but i still was like faith i would call myself faith based faith based faith based um faith based but i still like prayed and things and i still believed in prayer at the very least as like something good for my heart and my soul and like a conversation with god or whatever yeah um but as far as like praying for intervention uh like in actually praying at all it ended like done. yeah like never have prayed again do you feel like before and i'm not we don't have to get into all of like what was happening but do you feel like at that time i i guess for myself i can't remember the last time i actually thought by praying something would actually happen did you feel like it was sort of the last hurrah of like we'll give this a go and pray and maybe it'll happen or did you actually think at that point that prayer was something where like a god could actually change something i think i just hoped yeah you know what i mean because it definitely was the last hurrah yeah (laughs) because ain't nothing else was working (laughs) so it definitely was like I, I definitely had this feeling of like um, for biblical reference, like a Job situation sure, where it was yeah. like this thing of like be faithful in all things always. Yeah. And like maybe God will just like show up and do something. And I it wasn't like I 
never prayed through the whole divorce. I was praying all the time. And there was just one night when that was the last time I did it. Okay. It wasn't like I never prayed and then one time I did. Yeah. Um, it just ended. And uh, I kind of lost track of the question, but um, I definitely lost track of the question. <laughs> no, I, I think, well, you said you could pinpoint, which I find. Well, pinpoint when I was just kind of done with it done all with is what it, it was. Yeah. But not like the slow change. Sure, yeah. yeah. I just don't know if I have a a pinpoint but that'd be interesting to go back and think through yeah we should I need explore to, yeah, that i think it'll process, come up yeah. i think it'll come up over time yeah i think it will too yeah at the, yeah. At the moment i i couldn't tell you um yeah but yeah yeah so that was a very long in- <laughs> intro of, I let's not even call it an we intro we call it that's, an intro let's call it a segment yeah i do think i think it's just it's just part of the whole you know we're trying to figure out how to enter to not even introduce ourselves but just trying to the whole thing is processing so yeah, that is what this that means. is what and a lot of it's going to be sort of overlapping and yeah trying to figure out yeah well what, i think that's a great intro for what we want to talk about tonight is like today nobody knows what time it is it could be it could be it, 9 a.m it could be is it in this is mimosas yeah and not straight liquor <laughs> Um, but I think everything we've been talking about, we've been talking about family and all these different things already. Yeah. So it's not even a stretch. See, we're no, bringing it we're, back. It's all relevant. It is definitely relevant. And you know, what the hell do you do when you don't live near family? Yeah. And clearly the answer is stop going to church. Yes. And start <laughs> podcasting. Yes. <laughs> what, what, what do you, what, what, <laughs> it's very Looney Tunes. What has been your experience with that? You know, you've been near and far and you've gone back and forth a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a big, broad question of like, what do you do when you don't live near family? I feel like kind of what we're wanting to get at with the at the in the podcast is like. If you I don't remember if we've even said it since we've been in this episode, but we live in Los Angeles. Um, So when we say we don't live near family, it's definitely meaning like. Tiffany is from Florida. My family at this point is kind of all over the place between Florida, Missouri, mostly there right now. Um, And so it's like, how do you raise kids? How do you survive? What do you do? And I know a lot of people face the same thing. And for us, like, you know, the way we solved that issue initially was church, was we moved to LA and we immediately joined a church and we immediately joined like the small groups and we didn't have kids at the time and it was like yeah how do we make friends because honestly at the time I didn't really know how else you made friends like we both worked although at the, when I met you I was like kind of working temp jobs and stuff but I had been a teacher and I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do with my life oh did not mean to say that <laughs> but you nailed it but I nailed it um <laughs> And, you know, sometimes, or another podcast, we've probably said this, like, eight times already this episode, but that's a whole other issue of, like, what the hell do I want to do with my life also? <laughs> but I've accepted it as fine. Um, so, yeah, for us, not living near family has mostly entailed just trying to cre- find a community which started through church, which is now not involved in church anymore, but those same people are still, like, our closest friends, Yeah, which is interesting. Because we've met a lot of other people outside of church. I feel like you have, at this point, have probably made way more friends outside of them than I have. Um, but, but it's also yeah. because I found them through a way that's very similar to church. That's true. You know? That's true. So, um, yeah. So when I moved to L.A., which 
like nine and a half years ago, uh, was married at the time. And we went like church shopping instantly. We tried five different churches over the course of like seven weeks. We only skipped a couple because we were just new to LA and moving in. And we just went from church to church to church and tried different places and wanted to feel the vibe and like, are these like real Christians? Like, are these like the good kind like of how Christ- committed are they? How committed are they? And like, you also like need them to be like cool, but like not too cool. Like, are they trying too hard to be cool? Yes. Um, the first church that we went to is actually, should I, I don't know if I should say this. I don't care. Whatever. I think we said it in yeah. the last podcast. Well, the first church I went to in oh. LA was Ecclesia. Oh, I forgot about okay, which um, yeah. they've moved now. But at the time in 2010, they were on Hollywood Boulevard in one of the theaters across the street from a porn shop. Okay, like a not you know what? That's not even so. Were fair. you like? Is this it was too like cool? a tr- it was like a sex a sex shop. Okay, and we were like, I remember being 23 and being like, "That's amazing. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. They're just in the middle of it They're all, like in the thick of it, and also just being like, wow, like whoa, that was a lot." Yeah. Um, but no, it was the same. So we, the the reason that when we were like, we knew when we came to LA, we were like, we want friends and we want them now. We want friends and we want them now. It was like a chant. Um, but we had really great luck and fortune with that in college in Gainesville. We found that great church and made a really great little group of friends um, very quickly that I'm still friends with most of them on some level, some a little bit closer than others, but that's yeah, you know, from 2007. Yeah. And what is it? It's about to be 2020. So these people I've known like 13, 14 yeah. years. Um, so we had luck in Gainesville. We came to LA. We had luck here. And we were like, we'll have luck again. And then we did. Um, but it, what we called it then was prayer. We prayed yeah. <laughs> to find friends. And, and your we prayers did. were answered. <laughs> they were answered. Isn't that crazy how God just You're intervenes? Welcome. Um, and we found you guys. And we found <laughs> at that time, um, pretty close together, we found the DeWeirds like the next year. Um, Brooke Banks, Tomasi's at the time were in LA. Just like we had a quick kind of tight knit group. Yeah. That was really lucky and turns out not common in LA. Like people yeah. had trouble out here. It's int- Yeah. I've noticed that too. Like it, it's like if you don't meet people at work. Yeah. Or like you went to school out here, like somehow you weren't from LA, came to school in yeah. LA and then you met friends it's yeah. like I, there's like seems like this crucial sort of point in your 20s and then it just it gets is hard or feels like that's what it seems like it is it is I think that's exactly the case and I think to being we were all all of those people I mentioned young and married yeah at an age where most people in LA are not young and married, they're just it's young. very true. That's very true. <laughs> and you know that commonality, like as our brains started finishing <laughs> developing, um, a lot of us we were obviously attracted to each other as friends for a reason on some level, like intellectually or whatever. Yeah. And when that started kind of taking over a little bit more, it was like okay, I can stick with these people, even though like the faith part I'm losing, but yeah. and not losing like I feel like it's just like process yeah yeah but um that's you know that's a really lucky thing because my family is so far away yeah and I've never there's a lot of us but we're not crazy tight-knit and I don't want to make that sound like we're not close at all we are we're just kind of funky did you like did you grow up seeing 
uh, so okay so you grew, you grew up in florida yeah. like did you see family a lot growing up my extended family was all in georgia tennessee virginia mainly okay. georgia so every thanksgiving we would get together at my papa and grandmama's house in vidalia georgia vidalia vidalia is how the rest of us would say it but okay, say okay. It vidalia um, it's like a Y, but that's where the sweet onions grow. And we would have like a huge family reunion every Thanksgiving. It was the best thing ever. But that was an eight-hour drive for us to get there. So yeah. I didn't grow up like with grandparents ever watching me, like in care town. of me. Yeah, sure, sure. No, I did not grow up with cousins local, nothing yeah. like that. Cousins were people I saw once a year and adore them. Like best part of my life was Thanksgiving growing up. But no, like we did not grow up around family, period. Yeah. We had, we had family that we would call aunt and uncle and like Nana and Papa and they were totally. not related to That's us. That's how it was. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same for us. Yeah. And I didn't, did you know they weren't related to you? Cause I didn't know for a long time. <laughs> I, I feel like I didn't know initially. So like in, like I grew up in South Africa because my parents were missionaries and I mean, I spent until I was, I had just turned eight when I moved to South Africa and before then my dad was a pastor. So I was all over the place too. So I, I was around family in spurts. But most of my um, formative years were in South Africa from, like, 8 till I graduated. So during that time, I mean, family would come visit, and we would come back every four years for what's called itineration, when we would, like, my parents would come back and raise money. So we'd spend, like, a year. Came, I spent a year in, like, junior high, best year to come <laughs> make a change. Yeah. Um, and then went back again. And... Yeah, so it's like, I guess the norm to me, I mean, I I don't know, it didn't seem weird to me to not have family around because that's just like how I was raised. Mm -hmm. Did I think about that? Sure, that like, I don't know what that's like to grow up around cousins or whatever, but I feel like now having kids, it doesn't feel that weird. I mean, we moved back to Kansas City for a couple years to spend time with family and it, it honestly, it was amazing. Like, so much of it was like so idyllic and... And, like, what – I don't even understand it because it, I didn't ever grow up like that. Um, and there's that the, – I do miss those parts of – since we moved back to L.A. But it's, it's like, it's so probably strange to other people, but it's, like, not strange to not see family for a very long period of time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm the oldest of four, and, like, my sister lives in Seattle, and my parents live in Miami, and my brother's moving to L.A., which will be great. But Woo. it's, like, yeah, it's <laughs> – it's, but it's strange now, like, raising kids and then trying to figure out, like, if, if you live in a big city like L.A., I don't know how you do that without a community of some sort. Like, right. you know, if I – but then what's funny, and, like, maybe this is insulting to my family by saying this, but, like, it would feel weird to me. Like, I th feel like sometimes we're like, oh, it would be so amazing if we all live in the same town and, like, you're here. And it's like, sure, in theory, but, like, also that's so opposite to what I I even understand what that would be. I, I have no idea what yeah. that would even be like or how to function in that because I think not being around family created this sort of independence that oh definitely I wouldn't know what to do with that like I feel like it would be sort of overwhelming it, like it'd be amazing on the one hand to have that support but then also like yeah what do you do with that too yeah well I think that what would be tough is I mean I know you did go from not being around that to being around that but I think and I don't have kids but if I did I think that I would feel like a if my family was close to big responsibility for them to see their cousins and their grandparents and aunts and uncles and people like so often yeah and feeling like pressure from that maybe yeah you know? that's how I would feel too is like it 
instead of it being like this natural like easy thing that like obviously you want it to be natural and easy but also I think I would feel a pressure to be like have they seen their grandparents enough have they seen yeah you know are they getting the time in and you yeah know, when you have distance you don't gotta worry about it <laughs> no and it's like I mean like last summer our kids went and spent two weeks um with my in-laws and they have like a farm and it was amazing and it's like I, I get that it would be awesome for them. I mean, the, the times when it's sad, like, don't get me wrong, it's, like, even in this past year and a half since being back, it's, like, those moments that it's, like, oh, grandparents' day, or it's this day, or, like, oh, my kids have a soccer game, or, or something where you're just, like, sure, it'd be great to have family. Yeah. yeah, but it's, like, it's a moment, and it's, like, it comes, and it sucks for a second, and then it's gone, and yeah. I, I'm not dwelling on it. Yeah. But... You know, because I don't honestly sit back and go like, oh, my, you know, I just don't have any, I don't have a, anything to compare it to. So. Right. Because it was, it wasn't your child. Either. No. So I'm like it, you know, when I see sometimes pictures of people like their whole family came and did this thing. I'm like, in theory, that sounds amazing. I just, yeah. I don't know what that looks like. So then it doesn't feel weird to me to do the same with my kids. Do you feel like since moving, since living in LA in general, do you feel like how often you go to see family or how often family visits you is different than what you thought it was going to be? Oh my God. Well, okay. So I grew up in a family where we did not vacation. We didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Like vacation meant Christmas at grandmother's house. Literally thought that's what the word meant until I was way too old to know (laughs) that that's not what it meant. I think I was really like nine when I realized that other people went on vacation and vacation was like, we went to the Caribbean. We went to Europe. We went to the Grand Canyon. I was you like, thought vacation meant you visit grandma. I literally thought this what the meaning okay. of the word was. And I was a very well-read child. Very. <laughs> so it, it's surprising. But every time they said we're going on vacation, we literally went to Christmas or Thanksgiving at one of my grandparents' houses. And yeah, so that said, when I moved to California, um, and I had like never been west of like... Alabama okay wow I've been north but never west when you moved to LA you had never Mm -mm. I don't know if I realized that yeah no never and um you know I thought coming to LA that my family would visit me fairly often because they would have a free place to stay yeah and coming from a family that thinks vacation is visiting family That makes sense. I thought they might come on vacation to see me quite often, Um, but that has not been my experience. And I go home less now than I used to. And part of that is in due to the fact, you know, that I'm divorced now and my ex's family is from the same place where my family is from. So we would be going home to see both of our families every time we would go. And it gave you, not that the word incentive is the right thing, but it was always like two birds, one stone. Like yeah. you're going to the same place to you see. You have to pick one. Exactly. You, just, yeah. you don't have to pick one. Exactly. Yeah. They live 20 minutes apart. So we would go to the families together. And when that ended, um, for one, like divorce just takes your money right out of your bank yeah. account. Even when you have, <laughs> it's interesting, even when you own nothing, you're like divorce is very expensive. Um, so I didn't go home for a long time after that and. Even before, I guess, I, I would say on average, I go home one to two times a year. Yeah. What, for a few days, whatever. The longest break I've ever had was like a year and a half where I didn't go at all. But yeah, no, they don't come out here. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think they, that is, though? Do you think it's like... I, I don't... 
well I think it's cultural on one yeah. hand I do think it's a bit cultural um I don't come like from oh a the big with city money. kind of thing or like well what do you mean by cultural that like we you know weren't raised with any money so we didn't spend money on things like travel mm-hmm. on any level really so I think when that's part of your childhood too you grew up and you're an adult and it in and I'm guilty of this too not even that guilty is the right word I do this as well you don't prioritize being places other than at your home sure even if family is somewhere else because it is costly to travel yeah it's costly but you know that money can go towards things that you want to get done locally in a home yeah and so the expectation has fallen on me that if I want to see my family I need to go to them Sure. Um, yeah. And and the expectation with that is common because when you're the one who moves away, they're like, "Well, you left." That's what I wonder. You come too, back here. And nobody like, says that, right? Yeah, nobody says that. It's just like a it's the underlying. Yeah. But I feel like that's kind of a difference. I mean, you did move around in Florida, but like I feel like that's the thing that I I don't ever feel that way because to me, everybody moved away from everyone growing up. So yeah. you know, like we, I sort of got dropped off at college and then my parents I spent my entire college life with parents in Africa right you know like not even on the same continent not even on the same continent and and yes I had family like I actually I had family a few hours away that I'd go visit on certain holidays just to like have somebody and um but I never had that sense of like although South Africa will always be like a home of one of my homes um it's I don't know. I've never defined home is always like to me where Curtis is and that's yeah we've been together so long now that that's kind of where I define it and my parents have moved around a lot even since high school Mm -hmm. and Curtis's parents moved back from South Africa too and so there's there's like kind of a version of home of where they are but I don't feel that sense of like I'm like well you guys all moved around too so like it shouldn't shock you I guess like I'm always like us living in LA or and I don't think it does shock any any of our parents at all at this point but like you know when we move back to Kansas City and then we move back again I'm sure people just are like this is what they do but to me it should be sort of equal parts all visiting each other because growing up we had to travel to see anybody so it feels like a choice of you know if we are going to see each other ever we have to choose to do that and from because for me it's never like well I go back home to see all my friends and everybody all in one place because mm-hmm. that, you know, they're I've been back all over to South world. Africa in like mm-hmm. 13 years, 12 years. That's um, wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think too, I wonder if, you know, when I was a kid, we would go see my grandparents and cousins and things, but like no one came to see us. Oh, my mom's mom came to Florida a, a couple different times, but it's pretty much because my mom like forced her (laughs) she's like yeah I'm bringing you here and she did and she still does that and it's kind of funny um but they never came to us we always went to them so now that I'm the adult I feel like the expectation is now it's their turn to stay home and me come to them interesting they've come to LA twice my parents and my sisters have each come once and my brother, where are you? <laughs> Get your ass out I here. It's been almost 10 years. He hasn't come yet. But his fiance is telling me that they're planning something. But um, I think maybe that's part of it, too, is they yeah. grew up when they had kids. Like, they took us to see them. So now they feel like we should come see them, I think, maybe. Yeah. I, I understand that logic. I feel like 
again, my my side of things is I don't feel that way at all on my side of family yeah. because my <laughs> parents, so growing up in South Africa, everyone came to see us because of being there or like even since, even now, like my grandparents or like my mom's parents, they always go out of their way to go see their two daughters where they live right. and they've been retired for a long time and that's just like part of what they've done. So to me, it's like, I don't really feel like there's an established who should go where. It feels like purely financial. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it yeah, is but tough the thing about that, Yeah, I think it's tough. And I think when you, I don't know, for me at least, I'm like, if you intentionally had children, like they weren't all accidents <laughs> or something, but like you intended to have these humans, you got to see like not just for the next like five years, you got to see for the rest of their lives too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so a big thing for me, I don't have kids yet. I'm starting to feel really old. I know I'm not, but like I'm starting to in the not having kids department. Yeah. Um, not as a human. I don't feel old at all. <laughs> yeah. But um, I still don't feel old at all. And I right. have an eight year old. I'm yeah. like, I feel like I'm 22. But, but I feel old because I don't have kids and they tell you like, you got to have them yeah. or you're going to, your insides will shrivel up and die. <laughs> um, but I, a big thing for me is, you know, people talk about financial stability for having a child. The thing is, I don't want financial stability just for the time that they're with me. I want to have the kind of stability where when they grow up and go wherever they're going to go in the world, that like I'm able to come see them without hesitation. Not that like you don't have to plan for it. I'm not saying that like you have endless money and you don't have to plan for something, but like I don't want to ever go, I don't have the money to go see my kid. Totally. No, I... I feel that yeah especially if I have an expectation that like I ask like are you coming home are you gonna come see us and yeah you know I'm like why would they be able to if I can't and I'm twice their age you know yeah no I I totally feel the exact same way and I mean I think about that with the kids where I'm like yes we're raising them in a big city so then I go are you gonna end up moving away to like a tiny town right yeah what if they do and they totally could that's so funny um they're gonna be like yeah mom it's cheaper yeah (laughs) why would we live in LA no (laughs) I'm going to South Carolina (laughs) I know and I I try to think about that but that is it's definitely something I think about too is like I don't want that to be a factor because yeah yeah and maybe that is it's like an issue or thing but but I think too I mean so this is all obviously about biological family but family is also like who you know you like what you make of it and who you make of it yeah and so you know it's hard I have four nieces nephews I have is it four is it five I'm one two three yeah four four and (laughs) it's funny because they're like grouped in ages there's like two 11 year old girls and then there's um, my two-year-old uh, niece and then my one-year-old nephew and there is a sadness of like missing watching them grow up and yeah. like they know who I am but like um, you're like that LA that I'm that aunt, aunt who lives somewhere yeah. else and I grew up with those aunts and uncles who lived far away and they had this like ethereal idea of them and like loved them so much but always anytime I spent time with them I remember always wanting like more interesting with them yeah Yeah. um and just like that love was so special and I just was always really sad I'm gonna get like emotional I was always really sad not to be close to them and so I have a little bit of guilt about that um not being near them but then I also have a double guilt because like your kids and um like Maura and Chris's and Kelsey and John and all these different people 
like I basically feel like they're nieces and nephews to me too. Yeah. Which I love. I don't feel guilty about that. But then I feel guilt towards like I know them better. Oh, of like, you know, my people that aren't your blood. Own. Yeah. I yeah. do because yeah. I'm around them and like I'm getting to watch them grow up and I'm not getting to do that with my own nieces and nephews. It's like a, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. Yeah. But I'm thankful for it too because no, I'm still getting to point. feel yeah. like I'm in a role of like an aunt. Yeah. You know, being well, around. Well, not like we count on that on the <laughs> same hand, like, you know, to bring it kind of back to sort of what we're talking about is like part of how you do survive in a yeah. big city is like we have the family that we choose which is our friends and it's you know I used to think I was very naive where I used to think like no but at the end of the day like our biological family will always be closer but it's like that's just like not even being critical of our biological family it's just like it's almost impossible to do because you just spend so much time with people like yeah literal proximity yeah you know you guys are our family when it comes to i mean to life because you're the people we spend the most time with and that know me better than like honestly i mean i know my parents love me and they know me to a degree but like the people that spend the time the most time with me over the last say decade those are the people that know me the best and know me who i really am you know and Yeah, that's tough. It's tough, but it's also like what I'm so thankful for because I don't, yeah. we would never have chosen to come back to a giant city like LA that's very expensive and it has so many hard things, but it also has so many amazing things. One of those being like our family mm-hmm. here. Um, and it's tough because that's hard to explain to people. Like, I think if people don't have that, yeah, I think even like I, I got the sense that like that was even tough for some of our family to understand because... I, you know, because we moved around so much, I think a lot of our family, I think they have lots of sort of acquaintances and, and, and I, I guess I can't, I can't speak for them. I don't know what, but from my perspective as a kid growing up, like it was hard to have really close friends cause they were like the pastor or the, right you know, whoever. And it was like, they had lots of people that were like sort of in quotes, like close to them, mm-hmm. but not like their people. They're more like orbiting versus. Yeah. 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 And so, and I feel like the people like you are, it's like, no, this is like, it's like from Grey's Anatomy. It's like, you're my person. Like, no, it's like, yeah, but yeah, that's, it's hard to explain to people. I think if you, and maybe people have experienced it and we've just made different choices to Mm -hmm. like live around that. Um, And also to actively seek it out. So like when you came to LA, like you immediately tried all these churches and stuff and like, whether consciously or unconsciously I think a big part of that probably for you guys was finding friends right yeah, for, totally for, uh, for me it was very conscious like it was, we were, like, was like the reason we're finding a church but like we're finding friends now yeah <laughs> and we got so lucky that we found just like the like best friends ever like you know within just a couple of months but um I think that you have in a big city especially you have to be intentional and I think that it's easier for women yeah and it's easier for married couples yeah um, because you're doing it together so like you get to like one of them connects with somebody and then you draw the other one out of their shell if they're not the type or you all click or whatever the case may be but like 
men, especially single men, man, you, like get it together because they're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> like it sucks to be them because men, let's make some vast generalizations. <laughs> Y'all are unreliable as hell. <laughs> and like you may be, but what I mean by that is like when it comes to connecting, yeah. like if a guy like wants to be friends with the guy, it's like, yeah, we're cool. That's my bro. That's my friend. That's my whatever. That's my dude. This is a horrible man impression. <laughs> like I'm offending You're so kill, many people. Killing, killing the game. But like they almost play hard to get men do, mm, especially single men. And not even just single men, like some married men too, whatever. They play hard to get where it's like, no, I texted him. If I don't hear back, then he just doesn't want to talk to me. I'm like, for one, men just aren't intentional enough and they um, can be too cool for school yeah I no feel like no i'm not gonna text them back like there there's this, this i think that people are like oh women are so sensitive which is not inaccurate yeah it's but not, i feel but... like with that stuff it's like oh the feelings are hurt but they will but the too cool for school thing is comes from like yeah oh well he didn't respond he doesn't want to hang out and it's like no if you really wanted it's like it's not about it's, it's like yeah. if you want to hang out with someone then like make it happen like, yeah men don't exactly, follow up yeah. men don't follow up so here's the thing with men and i'm speaking because i'm dating a single man and by single he's not married so and he was single for a long time so whatever <laughs> the point is men do this thing where they'll say like yeah I'd love to hang out on Saturday that's what they'll do I'd yeah. love to hang out on Saturday let's do this on Saturday but then they won't follow up yeah they won't make an actual plan with they the won't time. make an actual plan with a time so then one or the other will wait to hear from the other one. And then the time will come and go. The Saturday will come and go. And then on Sunday, oh, yeah, I didn't hear from you. So I didn't think we were doing anything. Because one of them won't yeah, just be vulnerable yeah. enough. Like girls will be like, oh, hey, we talked about like meeting on Saturday. Um, you know, like, do you have a time in mind? Is that still on? We'll follow up. Yeah. Guys, they do not. Brittany, and this is a vast generalization. I understand. <laughs> don't at me. They typically don't follow up because they think. If he meant it, he would tell me the exact time. Yeah. He might be busy right now. I know, yeah. Like, just follow up. Like, let it, you know what I mean? Whatever, yeah, Josh, no, I love I... you. This isn't about you. It's about all men, not you, not you. <laughs> but I think that that's what makes it difficult is men aren't as intentional and it's easier when you're younger. And you know what? Women, we're kicking ass. But it, it's not, it's hard but for it's some women hard. too. Yeah. It's hard for some women too. Yeah. Wow. Shut up, Tiffany. No, I, I think it's one. a good point. Well, and it's like, obviously, we all have our different personalities and some, like, I think the older I get, like, I t I'll get along with, like, a lot of people at sort of a certain level, but then I still kind of have just, like, my core people that yeah will, will like, rejuvenate me versus, right. like, ones that I, like, have a great time at, at a party, like, one time, but it's still just kind of, like, my core few that I, like, really right. enjoy spending time with. Well, that's like the whole, that's like the family aspect of yeah. it. It's like, um, you know, people are tribal and we need that. Yeah. And you really do have to mean it when you're in a town like this. You have to try yeah. to find it and be intentional about it and search for those people. And, you know, we did it at church, but there are lots of ways to do it. So, Brittany, you mentioned earlier when we were talking that I do have like another core group of friends yeah um from just like the last few years and they came out of like another tribal situation they came out of a gym yeah. you know so I think that it can be in like club atmospheres gym atmospheres 
um, these places where everybody is at a location for a common goal. Yeah. You know, like you're there for a reason. They're there for a reason. You probably have something in common. Yeah. And you're going to click with certain people better than others. But like those are the places to seek those people, I think. Yeah. Like you literally it's like new you have to go out. It's like yes. a new. It's just. Yeah. You have to go out and be in the world. Yeah. And commit to something. And I think and be vulnerable. I think yes. that's like, honestly, that's part of that's probably the word I was looking for even earlier is like, that's a huge part of why we're doing this, too, is just trying to be like, I think that's what this world not that I'm saying the world needs us, but like, oh, sure. it does. <laughs> <laughs> but like being just being more vulnerable. And I, I love that that's kind of become more of a movement nowadays. But it's I yeah, I just think it's so important and I think when it even reflecting back on sort of like how we were raised and Christianity and everything is like there's sort of to me this false sense of of that everyone's being super vulnerable but really it just feels like this facade and this like no I'm just checking all the boxes and doing all the things and and sometimes I look back and I'm like was it just me was I just like put maybe I Maybe everybody else like I can't I remember yeah. all the way back to in, being in high school and like leading worship and youth group and having these thoughts of going like yeah f- for a moment I'll be having this emotional experience and on the other hand I'm like are we all just deciding to yeah. agree to like partake in this and I just think having these conversations would have helped I don't know someone like myself process things much quicker mm-hmm. if more people were having this the conversation or if it was just one that was encouraged more so i don't know that was a little off topic but i don't think so yeah yeah, yeah. i one <laughs> I, I did have one other question about the family thing and we can kind of start wrapping it up with some of our other little uh hot topic things is it, like now that you're used to not having family in town, like, do you feel like, you know, like, would you choose to live, like, with family all around you all the time? Like, do you feel like that would just change life for you if you make <laughs> your face? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I guess I sometimes wonder, like, the older people get, like, is this... <laughs> Now all I can think about is who I'm hiding this from your, your on face, Facebook. Your face just went like, I can't even, we can scratch this. No, we don't have to. Um, I miss, okay, so something that makes me sad is um, a lot of people in LA before they have kids will say things like, well, when I have kids, I'll obviously move back to wherever my family is. Like, yeah. I want to be whatever by them. And I'm like, okay, cool. Then, but like, why did you move at all then, for starters? Yeah. Um, and I guess maybe that's coming from a pure place for some of them because they want their kids to grow up like whatever. Like, not spoiled and wholesome and all these things. Well, here's the thing. For your kid to grow up spoiled in L.A., you got to be making some money. So, happy <laughs> for you. real hard Ex- when you're paying crazy rent. <laughs> yeah. So, or, yeah. I'm like, so congratulations if you can spoil your kids in L.A., first off. So, why would you leave? Because if, yeah. if you can spoil them when you live in L.A., imagine what you can do when you're in, like, middle America <laughs> yeah. with the same kind of money. Just insane. 
but um so no like when I this is not completely answering your question but like when and if I ever have children I have no intention of leaving my home for my children to be near blood relatives yeah what a what a wonderful stroke of luck it is if your children get to grow up with cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents and all those things around what a wonderful thing but plenty of us don't I sure didn't and I turned out just fine and in therapy and <laughs> which we all should be yeah but you know what I'm saying yeah. like I, I just don't um but do you think that's beca- like as you've gotten older you think that like when you you that was you no matter what it, Like, do you think, like, that decision has become more and more of, like, a firm thing for you the older you've gotten? Or do you feel like you felt that way when you first moved to L.A.? Like, you would never have moved back if you had kids or something. Oh, yeah, no. L.A. LA was home for me, like, immediately. Immediately, which I know isn't the case for everyone. Sometimes it's, like, a slow burn. But for me, it was not. It was, like, a full ignition. Um, So, no. Like, that's never been a thing. You you want that. But, like, I also hope that when and if I have kids, um, you know, that their family will also come see them. Because I will take my kids to go see my family. And I hope that they will come see them. I know... (laughs) I can't believe what I was just about to say. But, like, if I have... Cut! (laughs) (laughs) Um... I think I'll probably end up in a situation where the chill, the grandparents of my children on the other side will likely come often mm. and hopefully mine will come sometimes yeah. ever. <laughs> <laughs> if not for me, for them. Yeah. <laughs> Do it for the children. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? I mean. <laughs> <coughs> Actual Tiffany's choking. Dying. Oh my god. I mean, I feel like we did. <laughs> I feel like we I mean, part of why we moved to Kansas City, which again wasn't like where we were from, but just had like family in close proximity at the time was to see what that would be like. Yeah, experience and like, it. Yeah. And like I said earlier, like you know, and this is not just to sort of say to whoever if any family members do end up listening to this. Like, I don't regret the time at all we were... Like, it was... It actually taught us so much, and if we had not done it, I would always have wondered. And, like, to me, the biggest reason why we decided to move back was just, like, this... I've... I think the definition of home and feeling, like, family in the sense of, like, that longing of, oh, this is what it's like when you have this, like, home base, and, like, you desire to, like, move back and be close to family. For me, I moved away from LA to kind of hope to find that and then realize like really it was back in LA yeah and it so, was already here just it looks different it looks different yeah. and it was like but in my mind I'm like but everybody it's I'm supposed to want this thing and I did like so much of it I loved and then like so much of it still felt like we were missing home and that was like a tough thing to figure out and navigate what that looks like um especially with family that's still like it's ever changing too and so that's you know like my my parents lived kind of near there a couple hours away and then they moved to Miami and like that was after we left but it's Mm -hmm. just like we still have families that like their lives do change or can change 
um in terms of where they are and that's just life and yeah yeah so it kind of every dynamic is different too i mean we have friends here in la whose parents come and siblings whatever come see them like once a month like like too much yeah Like, back off, y'all. No, it's amazing. I think it's so incredible. Yeah, that that is it's like, true. they're here again? I'm like, what? I'm like, I spend more time with you than I do my own parents, I know, which 100%. is amazing. I'm like, I have not aged since yeah. they left. Like, if I don't have a new wrinkle before my parents see me again, like, that was fast. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, that's our experience, but it's, yeah. it, it's different for everybody. I just think it's so important wherever you are. You have to find those people who are your people. And you know what? At the same time, too, and whatever, I know I'm going long, but um, I think that there's a real benefit, too, to also being away from family entirely and having to find people. Because the way that it stretches you to rely on people without it being a crutch, it's like a choice and it's like such a loving gift where like... You, you know, again, I keep saying I don't, but you know what, you know what I do have, I have a dog and you have watched my dog so many times, <laughs> like my sister and like, yeah. you know, you ha- have something going on and you call me and like, obviously we have work or something going on, but you know, you can literally always call me oh, yeah. for your kids 100%, or yeah. anything like come pick me up, you know, like how many times have we traded AAA? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like there are these things, how many times have I lived with you? Yeah. You know, no, like, yeah, that we, and, yeah, and it stretches you in this way to be generous without, um, uh, there's a word, generous without like obligation. Ex- yeah, I was gonna say expectation, obligation. And, and expectation obligation, too. Yeah. Like when you're family, it's like we're family. Of course I'm going to come help yeah. you. Like we're not blood. There's no of course. Yeah. But like we've chosen each other in this life. Totally. And at this point, like it is obligation and expectation, you're, bitch. You're stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that that's I a totally, stretch. I think it's like such a beautiful thing. It is. When you, and again, back to being kind of like the vulnerability thing, it's you have it to allow yourself to get to that point where like, I'm like, no, I, and it's, it's tough because like, we do, I feel like I get very stuck with, not stuck with, uh, like drawn to people or like, then I am like, no, you are my family. And to me, there's like a sort of an expectation, even though in the back of my mind, I go, nobody really is obligated. It's just this hope right. of like, I hope they feel, yeah. yeah, as I guess I'm like, I hope they feel the same yeah. way that we do about them. Of you course. Know? And you because like, when you say there's no expectation or obligation or whatever, like even in a married relationship, yeah. like even that is false. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you think that there's like an obligation on this stuff, but like at the end of the day, everyone is their own person and yeah. their own whatever. And so that is what it is. It's like, you're putting this like trust, this faith, this hope in someone else that it's like, we're doing we're in this together right yeah, yeah. like we're like, doing this together like we didn't like i didn't put a ring on your finger but like there's a ring there's like a kind ring of on your <laughs> we at least share a toe ring yes it's something <laughs> something like that yeah 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 <laughs> oh do you have anything else you want to say about not having family i, in I LA? love my family <laughs> i love i love you guys i do have family in la you do me too I do. I got you, girl. Got I got you, babe. You, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you? Anything else? I don't think so. I yeah. feel good. I feel. Yeah. I feel like I could talk for hours and hours about all the things. This is like therapy. It is. And 
Okay. I'm sufficiently therapized. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, should we maybe talk about a couple, like, are we ta- calling this like, sort of like top three or like our, what, what are we calling this? I definitely think there's a cuter name in the universe than that, than but top three, that is but, what it is okay, right now. We're going with top three. Um, <laughs> and now that we're here, I am not sure what order I want to do these in. Let's, um... All right, let's just go with like a real fluffy one. You know, we've been talking about some deep stuff. I want to know what your thoughts are on our new um, Bachelor, Mr. Peter. Oh, I do have thoughts. I want to know these thoughts. Okay, first off, Peter, get an adult haircut. I no more bangs or like what? A, or like it's shave just, it on the sides? Yes, like get a fade, bro. Like something. I right? agree because he's darling but yes. like it's too darling and if you're gonna be the bachelor you get to be judged so don't judge us for judging his hair just saying judge 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 <laughs> no, I completely agree we are at our meanest when we're watching we are you know bachelor what? bachelorette yeah um and it's not who we are but it's who they want us to be so yep it's entertaining get an adult haircut Peter for starters second I need need them in the first few episodes to address the cheating scandal he had because in last season jed had the cheating scandal well guess what peter had one too it just wasn't as public but wasn't it i did not do my research on this i did but like wasn't i mean i remember back when it came out my understanding was that his was had ended way earlier than Jed's situation. Okay, so my understanding, and we could be completely wrong, but whatever. My understanding was that he was dating somebody up until, like, the show started and, like, cut it off with her. But it wasn't, like, the whole Jed thing with his girlfriend where he was like, I'm doing this show and it'll be good for us. It wasn't like that. It was like he had a girlfriend and broke up with her because he got the show. Okay. Which to me is super gross. Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't remember. I just remember thinking that like it was similar, but it was like as if he had broken it off a month or two before, and like a lot of people at that time. Well, it also may have been a month or two before. I don't know exactly about that, but he also on the show talked about it like it had been years the way it was edited. I don't know. He talked about like, oh, I had this girlfriend and whatever, and it made it sound like it was like a year ago. Yeah. And it wasn't. There were pictures of them together the month before the show on a mountaintop kissing in the snow. I feel like they're not going to address it. At all? I don't know. I just feel like they're going to be like, this is a new chapter. The most we're going to reference anything is like whatever they're yeah. flashing to with did you see the promo with um oh uh hannah's in hannah it? i did see but that. the thing is like and She's i'm, just I'm not even listen, watching spoilers but if you do any logical thinking with i work in television and all of you can follow this as well is she was on dancing with the stars yeah so whenever that was shot, like she's obviously not going to go on the season and be a part no. of it because she was on Dancing with the Stars. So it's some kind of like what they always do where someone comes on yep. and they give advice. Yeah, exactly. But they're yeah. playing it like, oh, she's coming back. But not even interested. Like, don't no. waste my time. No, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, I think they definitely liked each other a lot. Yeah. I mean, the whole three, four, wait, four time. I don't know what the windmill thing. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Huh. That's going to be a thing. That's going to come back. There's going to be... How, okay, we have to put a bet on how many times you think somebody's going to walk into the mansion and make a bet about how many times it happened in the windmill. You don't... Do you think that's going to happen? Like when Wait. they first meet Peter coming out of the limo. You don't think people are going to make the windmill jokes? 
oh how many times you're gonna make a joke sorry yes oh oh my god yeah somebody's gonna come out dressed like one of those girls would like you know what i'm talking about like the yes, girl like, i know whatever. exactly what you're talking about like a deutsch one yes <laughs> like with clogs yes. <laughs> somebody's gonna come out like that looking like like she's come straight out of a windmill um windmill is that what they're called Wind- yeah windmill. A windmill cool yeah <laughs> i'm excited i love listen i love every season even the bad ones um the worst season ever was jake pifelka amen um, although like horrible. the the I mean, it's all terrible. Like when they broke up on live television, like that. I mean, oh, it was juicy. TV. It was juicy. So terrible juicy. season. Juicy aftermath. It but. was like biting into a Mackinac peach, and like just the, the like the peach <laughs> juice just running down your chin. It was so juicy. Um, oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Are you going to be spoiler free? Do you ever check this? No, I'm 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 spoiler free since '93, and by really? that I mean '87. Uh, but Would that doesn't find- rhyme. I don't do spoilers. <laughs> yeah, Brittany I never does. used to, and then I at some point stumbled upon reality, reality Steve, Steve. Yeah. and I've gone through seasons where like I'll go maybe halfway through, and I'll try to like guess what I think happens, and then I'll just. What's what's interesting is like I tried it one year and, and I found it just as interesting to know and keep watching because I was like, oh, this is All interesting the how, they how they are portraying it. Mm. But then there's been several seasons where I just haven't checked and it's like I know I can if I wanted to know. Yeah. Um, and I think he's actually been there's been a couple times where he's been wrong initially and then later like before it still airs like has come yeah. out and like, oh, actually the, that was wrong. Yeah. Um, well, information changes too. So sometimes what I've done is I've read after it's aired because I don't like to know in advance but I read after and I've gone back and seen like what he said and saw how it did change and things like that and I'm like oh like there were sometimes sometimes just misinformation but sometimes things changed like yeah um on like Ari season like what's her face oh, one yes but yes. then he broke up with her so it's not that reality Steve was wrong but like no, the next just, part hadn't happened yet yeah so yeah interesting yeah I'm excited we will be watching. Weeks. Watch along with we us. We will be watching. I'm sure that would be one of the updates <laughs> where we have to comment on like, oh my God, what happened this week? Absolutely, Peter. Yes. Oh. Yes. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> another one I wanted to bring to your attention to see if you would, I'm going to click on the article here, but um, have you heard about the whole Hallmark ad that aired? I did. And I believe I watched the ad, but I will be honest, I watched it on silent because I was in bed and <laughs> Josh was sleeping <laughs> and he would have killed me if I turned it up. But I got the gist from watching. Yeah. It so silent. basically there was like a ad during like a movie or something on Hallmark with a uh, lesbian couple, same sex, mar- same sex marriage. And... Was it was literally uproar. the wedding kiss, right? Yeah. Like, yeah and there yeah. was like an uproar about it on the one hand. And then also, so then they were like freaking out and pulled it. And then another uproar of, well, now they pulled it and then trying to just like basically deciding to put it back. Yeah. Um, what are like, what are your thoughts? Well, on it this? was ridiculous. So with them pulling it to begin with, what it was, was Hallmark has a huge demographic of people in not major cities but also i have friends who love hallmark movies i love a good hallmark movie but their primary demographic is people in other um smaller 
areas. <laughs> like trying to choose my like, words yeah, so yeah. wisely. Um, that um, love these movies and they typically skew more conservative. Yeah. So here's the problem. You know what? It's not what I don't know what to say. Here's the problem: is marriage among not only hetero people has been legal in America for many years now. PTL. Yep. And some of you will get that. I'm not going <laughs> to explain it. Um, and we've got to move on. Yeah. It is not personally harming you. You have got to move on, people. Yeah. And so the fact that they pulled it at all. Um, they. I think Hallmark should be embarrassed that they ever pulled it. I can't. Like I'm, somebody I, had I'm a knee jerk reaction, which is like, oh my god, knee jerk. Also, oh my god, what did we do? Like Hallmark, you're still in Hollywood. Don't be stupid. Yeah. Like you have to know that the backlash to the backlash is going to be worse than the original backlash. Yeah. You just Idiotic. gotta just. Well, I just it, it makes me sad that like, obviously at some point it reached someone and they were like this is a great thing let's air it and then they weren't strong enough to just stand by that and just go you know what like no matter what when you take a stand on something that may ruffle some feathers like you're gonna get some backlash yeah scoff at the scoffers y'all like turn the other cheek (laughs) (laughs) and let them kiss that one too yeah (laughs) i was just surprised that they even paid attention to the commentary i I agree i agree like who's even listening to that at this point yeah um so definitely i I, the right move was to reinstate it but the right move would have been never to have pulled it yeah just ignore all the haters and they just need jesus is what they need (laughs) they certainly do They to, like to find the darkness and light. Jesus kissing on prostitutes. You think he cares if a woman's kissing a woman who she loves? Yeah, sure doesn't. I agree. Just ridiculous. Agree. And on that note, I would really love to watch a Hallmark movie right now. <laughs> I know that sounds amazing. They're so wonderfully cheesy. It's great. It's They're a perfect all Christmas time to be watching a Hallmark movie. I love I watched one last year at my boyfriend's mom's house and it was this woman who went to this town and she was fixing this old house up and this man was a ghost and he was a gorgeous ghost and but he came back to life or something just for her to be her ghost. It was very touched by an angelish (laughs) but it was the dude was like super hot. It was good. Still sounds like touched by an angel. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like a hot angel. Or is that a demon? <coughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, um. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Like it's guys. It's about to be twenty twenty. I I know. Hallmark is still a oh, thing. Oh, that's what I should have pulled. I saw some. Was it like a meme or something where it was like all I want is Barbara Walters to like bring the um. This is twenty twenty. The yeah yeah. <laughs> What is I have that? been to see planning the ball drop or like oh, to girl. announce that and be like, this is 2020. 2020. <laughs> I have been planning since like 2017 to post a picture of Barbara Walters like from 2020 on my Instagram feed, which is completely out of place because nothing on my Instagram feed is like particularly funny. <laughs> um, but now everyone's going to do it. You should change that about your Instagram feed because you make hilarious. it funny. Yes. I appreciate that. Sometimes the captions are funny. 
They are very funny. From time to time. Yeah. But anyway, everyone's going to do it. And I just don't need that in my life. You're like, <laughs> I. it was fine. I sh- you should have posted it in 2017. I'm going to post a picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2017, 2017. Yeah. I'm going to post a picture of Barbara Walters on um January 1st of 2020. And it's going to say, I've been planning this since 2017. Bitches. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, my last thing is honestly just sort of a shout out that I wanted to do. If you guys are not following Tank's Good News Ugh. on Instagram, then what are you doing? What, what the hell doing? have you been doing with your life? Because if <laughs> you need some positive anything, Ugh. he is all basically all he does is post amazing stories like just heart-wrenching beautiful beautiful yeah like life-changing stories about some some of the like simplest things and then also very big things that happen in life that you may never hear about if you don't check out his profile you really wouldn't hear about it and you know I only this only came to my attention I think in March if I'm gonna guess it was around like March 4th I was at a barbecue with a bunch of friends and my friend Sharzad okay. brought this to my attention. Yeah. She was like, I, she is amazing. She's an incredible mom, you lifestyle YouTuber, um, great Instagram page too. But she was telling me, you know, she has gotten to a place where she's really mindful with what and who she follows. So she was like, you know, I've been following these people and these people and like maybe I'm following this like beautiful Instagram model. But you know what? When I look at her photos, I don't feel like I don't feel good. It actually makes me feel like I'm comparing myself. So she does Instagram purges where she goes through and like deletes. If if I don't feel good from looking at this and Mm. um like like genuinely like Like, oh good for that person versus like yeah comparing myself yeah what's wrong with me and this kind of stuff what am I doing in my my life whatever she's like I go through purges I unfollow and she said um and I found this amazing she'd been following him for a while but I found this amazing page it's only good news and she interacts with it a lot so with the algorithm it's what she sees the most Mm -hmm. and she introduced me to him and I'm just obsessed like ever since then I'm like for one what a valuable thing to purge your list Uh, and if you're not feeling improved or positive or whatever from it let it go like you don't need to be looking at beautiful models who are probably fake anyway that make you feel like crap (laughs) yeah let it go um but also i'm it is exhausting seeing the horrible news terrible news yeah exhausting the like in not that we shouldn't pay attention to some of the terrible things too but like yesterday was the anniversary i believe in a couple days ago was the anniversary of Sandy Hook and mm-hmm. we should absolutely be paying attention to those things to someone I'm saying at all yeah. but equally we should be paying paying attention to the amazing things people are doing in this world yeah. oh I totally <sighs> agree it's I mean I realize that like bad news or like news that does not make us feel good is what probably draws the most numbers and so that's why we don't have news stations that are just like all good news but he is just somebody who I, I mean I to be honest I, I know he's trying he's doing a few other things like maybe video wise and things as well I think there's a few things in the works or that's already come out but he's just somebody that it's like if you're looking for anything to reinstate some faith in this world yes it like follow tanks good news on Instagram 
I feel weird saying this, but like we'll probably put it in the description or somewhere in our yeah. podcast feed. <laughs> um, then the description below. It's so weird to even say that, but taking all of our uh, podcast lingo and start yeah, throwing all of it our out there. hot tips. Yeah. No, we will. I mean, like, for instance, here's just like a quick little rundown of a few different things that are in his feed at the moment. Um, this is a title BFF goals. Women move into same retirement home after being friends for 80 years. Is he talking girlfriend. about us? Yeah. <laughs> That's us. Um, dog shelter gets a visit from Santa, and you better believe all these pups are on the good list. <laughs> so good. Watch these employees freak out when they learn they're splitting a $10 million Christmas bonus. Uh, like, Yeah, I heard about that. Oh, so that good. That story's amazing. Wow. But like, that's the kind of stuff. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff. You got to check it out. It's just a reinforcement of positive humanity. Yes. That's what you need. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that was good, Brittany. Tank's good news. God. And his story is fascinating, too. I don't want to tell it for him. You go look it up. It's He has just a really amazing, um, like, addiction recovery story and yeah, just a badass human. Total badass. Another good one, since you're talking about it, Erasing Hate. Look that up. Oh, yes. I, oh, yes. Very love good. Love that guy. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that guy, and I also love pressure washing videos to begin with. <laughs> oh, I love that stuff. It's Have you been so on Reddit? Oh, girl, girl, Reddit power washing porn. Oh, I've been there. Oh, do you? Okay, what? in another podcast, we'll talk about my side hustle thing of like redoing furniture oh, slash yes. redoing things at my house we owned in Kansas City, and like stumbled on something like that, and power I'm just like porn. so satisfying. So it's it like is- the it, it's for like me, it's hopping. like the, what's the... Um, ASMR. Yep. It is. It's like that for my eyeballs. When you said AS, when I said ASMR and you did this, I just went like this with my finger. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. No, th- that was a good top three, Britt. I was very into that. Awesome. Super awesome. Do you have any uh, final thoughts? Closing thoughts? Um, well, I'm happy if you've stayed around this long that I'm just, I'm happy you're here. So that's my main closing thought. Yeah. Happy same. you're here. Um, I'm excited for next week. I'm like living for this. I know. I love it. It's a great <laughs> excuse to hang out. It's getting to talk about things that are honestly like very important to my heart and I know to you and like, yeah, yeah. Yes to all of that. What's your name, girl? My name is Brittany. And what is your name, girlfriend? <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> we are the 80s babes from what the hell? <laughs> the, babe, the babies from the 80s. <laughs> the babies from the 80s. But yes, we're going to have to come true. with some kind of like over and out. Yo, I like over and out. Um, thanks for joining, though. For real, though. Thank you. For real, though. You're the best. <laughs> You're the best friend. Oh, my gosh. My bosom friend. Wait for somebody. (laughs) No, it's true. Thanks for hanging. Thank you.